This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Maids, a podcast where we will help you learn to invest in 20 minutes or less. We help break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Good, good. Pretty keen for this episode. Yeah, I think I think it's well overdue. Yes. For those who watch the markets outside of listening to our podcast, they're probably wondering why we haven't spoken about it yet. Good point. But I, I think there's a reason for it, and I think we'll get into it. But why don't we start by introducing what we're going to talk about? <laughs> good, good place to start. <laughs> I know, I know, I could have just done the introduction, but. <laughs> Yes, so we are going to discuss the state of the market today, Ren. As you said, something we haven't visited in detail for a while, but it's been a pretty interesting year. So this is not necessarily going to be a wrap of the year. We'll do that in uh, a few episodes time, but there has been a lot going on in the market in the last sort of since September, particularly uh, where we peaked in the US and uh, Australia's had some interesting times over the last few months as well. So we thought we would review uh, where it, we're at at the moment and then also uh, discuss what we're doing in terms of dealing with what is now seems to be a downturn and also look at some other ways that other people have suggested dealing with a downturn. So let's crack into it, Ren. Yeah, sounds good. So I guess we should start by saying, uh, you know, the market in Australia peaked in August, in America it peaked in September. Yeah. Uh in European and Chinese markets, it peaked earlier than that. So people might be wondering why we haven't spoken about it earlier because, you know, the media definitely has. Mm. But I think, you know, as part of our long-term approach that we keep trying to discuss, we, uh, we don't want to be too reactionary, but it's probably time. Uh, we definitely are in a downturn and maybe heading towards a bear market. So it's probably important that we... Even though we're still focused on the long term, and we'll get into that a bit later, it is, it's, I mean, it's interesting for us, and it's important to understand mm. what's going on. It's exciting. Uh, yeah. And, you know, 2017 <laughs> was a great year for the market, and that's when we started the podcast. So, any, any thoughts that we were the market's good luck charms <laughs> um, have well and truly been dashed. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Red. We haven't actually had the opportunity to really dig deep into this sort of stuff because we've been writing such a a bull market over since the start of the podcast. So yeah, it's finally starting to turn and well, let's, let's start with Australia. Do you want to? Yeah. So what, what I've done is just, I've pulled out the sort of peaks in some different markets. Okay. So the ASX 200, the Australian market peaked on the 29th of August at 6,352 points. Uh, actually, yep. I'm going to I'm going to scrap the points. It doesn't really matter. I'll just give you the percentage drops. If if okay. people really care about the points, they can uh, look it up themselves. So I care about the points. Okay, all right. I'll do you want me to do the points? <laughs> do percentage. I, I feel like sometimes if you just throw too many numbers in a podcast, yeah, people yeah. don't follow it. True. That's a little tip for all you other rival finance <laughs> podcasts out there. Podcasters. All right. So okay, so Australian market peak 29th of August, uh 
today it's not at its bottom it upticked a bit the last few days but it it's dropped 10 percent almost on the nose since the start of the year since the 29th of august when it yeah, peaked okay. so what's that two months three yeah. months um and to put it in some perspective so so that's a 600 point drop and to put it in perspective that hectic few days that we had in february the market dropped 300 points mm. so I mean, obviously, the February drop happened in like two days, and everyone was wondering what was going on. But the the actual drop in terms of size is double what happened in February. So that's Australia, about ten percent. America, they they've had a little bit of a larger drop. Uh, well, the the Nasdaq one hundred, which is most of the tech stocks, uh, peaked on the thirty first of August. So around the same time, two days later than Australia. Uh, and has declined 14.1% from there. And the S&P 500, which is the other big index in America, it peaked a little bit later on the 20th of September, so two months ago, and it's declined 9.6%. There you go. Right now, America and Australia, we're all around that 10% decline, Mm. all in around the same ballpark, you know, August, September to now. Uh, which probably shows just how closely the Australian market follows the American market. Yeah, not surprising. Just like we follow America and everything else. Yes. <laughs> um, but although you might not get it from our podcast, the uh, the market is larger than Australia and America. <laughs> um, so if you look at if you look at some of the other big markets, it's uh, it's been tough out there for investors all around the world. So if you look at China and the the major index in China is the Shanghai Composite Index. Uh, it's been on its own crazy journey. Uh, um, but re- So its recent peak was the 28th of September, around the same time as the US and Australia, and it's down 7.7% from there. However, from the start of the year, uh, it peaked on Australia Day, 26th of January, and it's down 26.87% from wow. there. So you would say that from its... January peak, China is in, officially in a bear market. Yeah. So that's, yeah, but China, you know, there's a, there's a whole raft of China-specific issues that they're dealing with. And then if we look to Europe, so I just pulled two of the major indexes in Europe, uh, the FTSE 100, which is the English, uh, major English index, and the DAX, the DAX, which is the German one. Uh, England's had a 11.6% decline since... A market top in May, and Germany has had a seventeen point eight percent decline since a market top in January. So we're down, down, down across the board. Yeah, down, down. Prices are down. <laughs> so that's since the peaks of all of those markets. Do you have a view on where they are relative to the start of the year, though? Uh, not off the the notes that I wrote down here. Look. China and Germany are definitely down yep. since the start of the year. I know um, ASX is down. Yeah, I look. I imagine the American market's probably still up, but that would be me guessing. So I'm looking at the Dow now, and it started the year at 24,200 points, and it's now 24,004, so just above where it was at the start of the yeah, year. But the Dow's trash, so. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> the S&P, 500. Uh, 2,600 at the start of the year and now 2,000. Wow, well, it's flat, dead flat. So as I of, thought we were going to not do points, mate. Come on. <laughs> as of today. 
okay, then no points. <laughs> Just work the percentages out quickly in your head. The, the Nat, no. <laughs> <laughs> NASDAQ is dead flat as well. There you go. Yeah, so I think the takeaway from this point in the conversation is markets had a crazy run and they have had a pretty sharp decline in the last couple of months. Yes. So if you rode if you rode the markets through 16 17 in the start of 18, you're likely still up. Uh if you only just jumped on the bandwagon recently after discovering our podcast, well uh we're Ouch. sorry, but uh <laughs> hang on. It it will, it, it will get better. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So... I want to go uh, a bit deeper into the U.S. market and have a look at what are some of the big drivers for the, uh, in terms of stocks that are pushing down the Nasdaq and the S and P 500, and I've got some percentage figures from market tops uh, for some stocks. So, for example, Facebook is down 39.5 percent since its market peak, uh, whenever that was in, in September which is $252 billion wiped off its market cap. Wow. Yeah, GE is down 74.3%, so massive drop for them. That's $240 billion wiped off. Apple down 20%, $238 billion wiped off. Uh, Amazon down 25%, $255 billion wiped off. Um, so these stocks are pretty big movers in terms of uh, their weighting on in the indexes. And so, you know, if they're looking at weight, what, 25 to 70% in some cases, billions of dollars wiped off the market. There's some big drivers and uh, some of the reasons why these, you know, the NASDAQ and S&P have fallen from their peaks so quickly, I guess. Um, these bigger tech stocks are really taking the brunt of, of the sell-off that's happening at the moment. So a lot of dollars lost there, Ren. Yeah, that's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. 70% for GE. 70%. Yeah. Imagine being the CEO. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But look, huge, huge. 30, 40% Facebook. I mean, some opportunities. Here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't invest. I mean, we don't give investment advice, but I personally am not going to touch Facebook. No, I mean, no. the fact that most of our mates are deleting it. And I mean, they've got, we like, we'll still use Instagram, but even, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of Instagram and WhatsApp is great but they don't make any money from it so yeah. well they, they probably mine our data and sell advertising but they don't you know they don't advertise to us no through it so yeah i'm not sure about facebook amazon 
you know, 25% down, but it was trading at a ridiculous price. Well, so. that's the thing. They're, they're probably all reverting back back to sort of levels that are a bit more reasonable. Even so, they're probably still considered, well, they probably they are still trading at ridiculous prices, but yeah, 25% sell-off, not surprising really. Yeah. Probably more, more, more to come. So we are at this point where we're in a downturn. Oh, yes. do, you, do you want to talk about other asset classes like gold and oil and stuff yeah well yeah i think it's a really interesting time because it's not just equities that are slumping at the moment if you look across the board there are a number of asset classes that are also taking a bit of a hit at the moment all for various reasons but for the first time in many years and this has only happened three times since 1901 2018 is on track for the third worst performance in over a century in terms of percentage of assets with negative returns. So we're looking at over 60% of assets across the board are looking at a negative return for 2018. So we're looking at crypto. If you look at the top 10 cryptocurrencies that are out there, think about where we were this time last year and the mania that was running up into December and January and Bitcoin going through the roof. Everyone think it was fantastic. Bitcoin is now down 70% since the start of the year and and you've got some of the major other cryptos, Ethereum and the like are down 96, 97% since the start of the year. So that's a bubble that has well burst. Uh, oil has come off a peak since uh, same sort of period, October, September, October. It's uh, considerably down now as well. Uh, credit markets are taking a hit. Property and housing also taking a hit. So without going into sort of too much detail, it's just a really interesting time at the moment, Ren, where a lot of money is now, be- a lot of assets are now being turned into cash. And we've got this situation where, yeah, 2018 is looking like one that is not going to be great for investors where, you know, six months ago where you had Trump tweeting that he's the greatest guy alive because of the markets, the state of the markets in the US. So interesting times. Yeah. Now, I think I'm going to butcher or misappropriate this quote, but okay, someone said, you know, prices aren't set by earnings, prices are set by liquidity. And I mean, it makes sense that what actually sets asset prices is the amount of money in the system that are buying and selling these assets, mm. more so than how the assets are actually performing. And when you think that we had a period of quantitative easing across the world where there was just all this liquidity being pumped into the system, like all this extra money being pumped into the system, it does make sense that when that money supply contracts, uh, that asset prices would start to revert down. Yeah, So. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, to, to say this is, is, has come out of the blue is probably not true. Everyone no. for a while has sort of been asking when it was going to happen. And ironically enough, you said the 15th of September and the S&P 500 peaked on the 20th of September. So oh. <laughs> you might get half a point for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point regarding liquidity. You look, just look at QE, like we knew that the tightening up of, of that it's going to have an impact on it. it. It is. It's just interesting that it's all happening to multiple asset classes all at the same time and in, in sort of a slow motion. So something that we really haven't seen before, I don't think. You know, you look at gold, for example, which you would expect traditionally to perform quite well in situations like this. And even it's, you know, trending down in, in price at the moment. Yeah. So we're at the point where markets are down, a lot of other assets are down. And the question is, what do you do? 
So before we get into how we're going to play it, I thought I would ask Google. And so I just Googled how to play Downturn. And I just opened the, <laughs> I just opened the first three links. Okay. Only three. Okay. That, that will be important in a minute. Okay. So here's what the internet told me to do. I've just, I've just listed them all out. Uh, average down, do nothing, flee for safety, search for value, invest in defensive industries, diversify, uh, invest in inverse ETFs, avoid global oil plays, play it safe with fixed income, look to buy banks, beware dividend and low volume stocks, don't try and time the market, have a defensive position, align your portfolio with your goals and rebalance once a year. So, so I've got one question, Ren. Yeah. What do you do? Well, <laughs> I think I think that's the problem with a yeah. lot of financial media out there. That literally, that was just the first three links on Google, all from I think it was like Motley Fool, Bloomberg, and some other investing website. And it's just like you know, you Trash. get you get smacked in the face with that. What are you meant to do with it? So yeah, there's a lot of confusion out there, and you know, things like avoid global oil plays, look to buy banks. Like it's such specific advice and i think what we should do is just talk to our personal experience and i mean i'll let you go first but for mine it's a lot more simple than these you know seven things you should do in a downturn articles make it out to be Mm, i agree a lot of those things are, are are great to explore if you want to try and make some money, particularly in, in a downturn. But yeah, you're right. There was just a whole lot of jargon in there, defensive stocks and diversify and all this sort of jazz, things that you would naturally be doing, I think, if you're uh, thinking about in, you know your investing portfolio as a whole. But yeah, I think you're right, Ren. We both agree that the first thing to do in, in a situation like this is obviously not panic and stick to your guns. I think that's the, be- the the best way to play a downturn because we've both discussed... Mate, come that- on. You just had a crack at no jargon and then the first thing you said was don't panic and stick to your guns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let, come on. Let's be a little bit more specific. <laughs> well, okay. Being more specific, I think, you know, this is a cycle. This happens not all the time, but we know that this happens across the history of the stock market and history shows that we will bounce back. Um, so I think the first thing to do is not sell everything when we've discussed that. Well, you would agree, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. But come on, mate, don't look to me for validation. Tell us your strategy <laughs> and then I'll tell you mine. Okay. My strategy at the moment, to be honest, is, well, as you know, I'm reasonably heavy in cash, uh, looking to take these opportunity of, of this downturn. I'm not in a position yet where I think uh, I'm ready to deploy all that cash, but I have been putting it to use across short positions. Now, something that I haven't been doing in for previous years, obviously, because the market's been relatively uh, bullish and going up, so there's no point in being in a short position. But now I am looking at ETFs, particularly uh, through stake, that are giving me access to shorts against the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. What that means is uh, I'm essentially investing and saying that uh, the market is going to be going down and as a result, I'm going to make money on that. Um, so that's probably my specific play at the moment, although I haven't sold out of any of my other equity positions that are in Australia or in the US, remaining with them. Um, but that's also because I don't have a large amount at the moment as we've 
everyone would know, reasonably heavy in cash. So that's how I'm playing it at the moment, enjoying the short game um, and also, you know, looking at Amazon and GE and those sorts of companies that are significantly down, obviously keeping an eye on them and thinking about how I might start putting some money into those and taking advantages of uh, taking advantage of the drops that have occurred. What do you reckon, Ren? If you invest in JA, I think we're going to have to do a whole episode <laughs> dissecting that decision. Um, but yeah. your strategy makes sense. I have approached it a little bit differently. So, whereas you have tried to go short, well, you have successfully gone short and made money. I haven't looked to do that. And I mean, that's just a risk tolerance thing for me. So, look, the way I've conceptualized it is splitting in my head the money that I've already invested and that the money that is coming in or that I've saved. So for the money that I have already invested, I'm just closing my eyes and looking away. You got to trust that the the work that you did, the research that you did at the time when you bought it will hold and that you were correct. The worst thing that you can do is sell into the teeth of a downturn mm. and you'll be devastated if then you were correct, your research was right and the stock rebounds and you know, in 10 years' time, you could have tripled your money if you just held on. So yeah. the money that I've already invested, I'm just looking away. For the money coming in or that I've saved uh, for a moment like this, now that you know we're sort of in the teens percentage down, mm-hmm. I'm starting to look at what's available, what's around. You know, As you said, Amazon's down 25%. That's interesting. There's definitely opportunities in Australia as well. Yeah. Um, so I haven't actually invested anything yet, but you know when I'm getting paid, I'm just keeping it in cash and just mm. looking for opportunities. And at some point, I will start buying. Yeah. So I guess what we're saying is we're not actually trying to play the downturn or, or have a defensive strategy, although short is a, a bit of a defensive strategy, but we're just uh, really looking now for opportunities to get in the market where we otherwise might not have entered due to the downturn. So it's a really interesting time and I think we've still got a lot to go potentially of this could just be the start of something a lot bigger. I think I want to just, for those that are interested in in the shorts, I can give some specific examples of what I'm buying into if anyone's interested. As, um, as information, not as advice. Absolutely, as information, uh, just because, you know, it's good to get this sort of stuff. So SQQQ is one that I'm in with stake at the moment. It's pro shares, ultra pro short, and it, it's leveraged. So uh, that means it corresponds to three times the inverse performance of the NASDAQ uh, because of its le- leveraged position, meaning that they're using a lot of debt to finance it, I guess. Um, and then I am in another one, uh, in the AS, sorry, in the S and P 500, um, and it is ProShares Ultra Short S and P 500 ETF. It's leveraged two times. I'm pretty sure. There are some opportunities we spoke at the start of this year. I'm pretty sure. Ren B Bus is one that you can buy on the ASX and Bear, both um, beta shares, and they are corresponded to the ASX 200. Um, so there's some stocks you can buy into if you are looking to short. Yeah. I yeah. think um, not investment advice. No, I think do your own research. Mm. Consider your risk tolerance. Mm. Um, speak to someone smarter than us before you <laughs> uh, start 
playing with leverage short positions. Um, yes. And obviously, once you've got independent advice from not from a podcast, make sure it's money that you're you would be okay losing. Mm. You know, you don't need it to pay your bills. Because as quickly as you make it in a triple leverage position, uh, you can lose it. Yes, very right. So I guess this is definitely going to be a watch this space. I'm keen to continue talking about how we approach this. Um, because as you said, Ren, at the start of this episode, it's, we've been in, in a bull market since the start of the podcast, 18 months. So we've been talking about a lot of positive things and t- big earnings results and that sort of stuff. So uh, it's going to be really cool to see how we approach the next sort of 12 months if this continues the way it is. Yeah, but honestly, I reckon as an investor, this should be an exciting time. Big time. The end of a bull market when everything's so expensive, there's not a lot of... Uh, the, well, I mean, Yeah, yeah. Mm. Or mm. we weren't smart enough to find the opportunity. But when everything is, you know, falling, then, you know, even idiots like us can find bargains. <laughs> yeah. Cool, Ren. Well, watch this space, I guess. Unless you have anything else to add, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Um, do you have anything else? No, just uh, give us a rating on iTunes, sign up to Thought Starters, uh, follow us on Instagram, and join our book club. Nice. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. 